The Bible Study Podcast, episode 427. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Matthew as we wrap up chapter 9. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We're continuing on with chapter 9, verse 27, as Jesus does more healing. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him, and he asked them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Jesus warned them sternly, See that no one knows about this, but they went out and spread the news about him over that region. While they were going out, a man who was demon-possessed and who could not talk was brought to Jesus. And when the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. The crowd was amazed and said, Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, It is by the prince of demons that he drives out demons. Now remember that as we've looked at all of these healings that we're getting here in this section of Matthew, Matthew talks a lot about Jesus teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, and then he goes into the section here where Jesus is healing and driving out demons and repeatedly doing this sort of thing. And Matthew keeps coming back to this issue of authority and this issue of there's never been someone like Jesus before, that this is new to people, that they're saying, where have we heard somebody teach with authority? And then where have we seen somebody act with authority like this, who even has power over? And that's what's going on again here in this story of the blind and the mute. The first one is interesting because we have this incredible faith but also this incredible disobedience from these two blind men, right? They're wandering around, crying out, have mercy on a son of David. And it's an evocative story, I think, in part because this visual here of these blind men who are trying to follow Jesus, who are reaching out to Jesus, but they're blind. They can't see where Jesus is going. They're following after him. They're following after the crowds who are following after him, just calling out, hoping that God will hear them, hoping that Jesus will hear them, hoping that this one who is different from everyone else that they have put their hope in, which may have been no one. Is there been anyone they even thought could do anything for them until Jesus? Possibly not. Or if they have put their hope in others, their hope has been groundless. There was no surgery that could correct things. Physicians were fairly useless at the time and could usually cause only more problems. And so they have been blind. And they have been blind for we don't know how many years. They have apparently formed this little community of two here as they cling to each other, probably because they know what each other is going through. And they cry out and they track down Jesus. They follow him. When he gets inside, it says, when he gets, when they've gone indoors, the blind man came to him and he says, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Why does he wait? Why doesn't he go out there where they're following him and crying out and such? Well, Jesus desires for some reason for this healing to be done quietly. 
And so it's not about trying to impress the crowds. It's not about anything other than these two men, as Jesus intends it. He's told, he tells them, in fact, don't tell anybody else, right? This is just you and I that's going on here. This is not a healing that is done for the community, although he certainly does that. This is not a healing that is done to prove a point, although he has certainly done that as well. This is just your faith being responded to by the Son of God. He says, do you believe that I'm able to do this? What do you believe that God is able to do? What do I believe that God is able to change in my life, in the lives of friends? We're waking up this morning to the news of a friend who's lost a loved one, who's lost her mother. We live in a world where there is hurt all around us. We had another relative who lost her mother this week. We hear good news from friends who the cancer is shrinking. We hear bad news from other friends. There's all of these things swirling around us, it seems. And the question, I think, of do you believe that I am able to do this is a good question. Even when we reach out in prayer to God, do we put our faith in him? Do we believe that he is able to respond? And so Jesus looks these men in the eyes who cannot look back at him and say, do you believe that I am able to do this? And they say, yes. Now, it was pretty obvious that they did. They've been following around, calling out in desperation for Jesus. But he asks them. It's important for them to say it. And he says, according to your faith, let it be done to you. Because you believed, let it be done to you. And then see that no one knows about this. Uh, See is an interesting word to use here to men who can now see See here, um, but he see that no one knows about this for whatever reason. This is a point in Jesus' ministry where he doesn't want this miracle to be known. And maybe he is, again, spending way too much time healing and needs to be spending more time teaching, and he's being distracted by all this healing. Maybe there's something about this particular man that it, being healed. Maybe there's something about this particular type of healing. But for whatever reason, he says, don't tell anyone. But they went out and spread the news about him all over the region. Now, I understand why they wanted to do that. I understand that if something amazing like that happened in your life, how could you not go out and spread the news? But on the other hand, think of the arrogance in this. Being told by the Son of Man, being told by the Son of God, being told by this great teacher and healer, being told by whoever you believe this Jesus is, this one who clearly teaches with authority, this one who heals with authority, this one who has authority even over blindness, don't do this. And they go and they do it. It sounds like almost immediately from the time they get out the door. It doesn't tell us the details there. It doesn't tell us whether they managed to keep it secret for a day and then just explode with the excitement of it. But think of the arrogance of deciding that, well, I know that this one has told me not to, but I'm going to do it anyway. I wonder if there are some times that we think we know better than Jesus does. If there are times that we look at the teachings of Jesus and we say, well, sure, but. Yeah, I well, that may be okay, but. 
Think of the arrogance of that if we do something like that. If we think that, you know, when Jesus says, forgive your enemies, that, it, that that's okay, but. When Jesus talks about all the things that he desires for us to do, the ways that he wants us to live, isn't it arrogant that we also profess to follow him and then go off and do our own things, go off and follow our own way? Denying the authority of Jesus as these two men do. It's an odd story. It's an odd story, the story of great faith and great disobedience. But while they were going out, and it immediately rolls one story into another, Matthew, a demon-possessed man who couldn't talk. We get people who couldn't see, and we get a man who can't talk. He's brought to Jesus, and this time in the presence of a crowd— the other one apparently private, and now Jesus is healing in a crowd. Why one is different from the other, I don't know. In the presence of a crowd, he drives the demon out, and the mute man speaks. The mute man speaks who couldn't talk before. And people are amazed, and they say, nothing like this, nothing like this has happened before. This man is different. This man has authority even over demons. He's so far in Matthew made the lame walk, the dead rise, the blind see, and now the dumb talk. But the Pharisees, when challenged with this authority, when challenged with what will they believe, what will they believe about Jesus, say, well, it's by the prince of demons he drives out demons. We don't understand how this man cannot be one of us. We don't understand this man. And therefore, he must be from the devil. That's quite an assumption. And how do you get to not just we don't know how this man can do this, but we don't know how this man can do this, and therefore, it must be the devil. I don't know how you get there. Clearly, the Pharisees are challenged by Jesus, and I think a way that we need to be challenged by Jesus, by his authority. You either have to accept him or reject him. You can't just do like these two blind men tried to do, of accept but reject, of believe but disobey. So they choose one. They choose to reject him. I was actually going to end this chapter this week, but the next section here, the workers are few. I'm going to leave to the next chapter because it's actually thematically goes with the next chapter, which is the sending of the 12. And we'll talk about the workers being few, and then we will send out the workers into the field. So with that, we'll end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest as Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening.
I'm Don Hawkins, inviting you to be encouraged with my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You. To subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.